Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, we're back with our regular segment where we speak to great people from the world of sport. And today, it is no different. I have Mr. Scott Garber with me. Scott, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure, sir. Scott, let's get back in time. Who was Scott as a a young man at school? Yeah. Uh, So, like I said, 30,000 foot. I am from South Florida, uh, Port St. Lucie to be exact. And... uh, you know, sports have been a part of my life forever. I grew up a hockey player, a golfer, a football player, um, but, uh, but I really laid my roots in, in the game of American football and, uh, you know, was fortunate enough to earn a scholarship to the University of South Alabama um, as, a, as a punter. And so a uh, really unique way to go ahead and uh, sort of experience American football. Um, you know, all my buddies have dings and bruises and knees and surgeries. Um, not me. I'm still playing rugby and uh, playing pickup sports. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I had a really cool opportunity to, to land at South Alabama, build the program from the ground up. Um, when I signed there, there were no football teams. There was no stadiums. And, uh, you know, to go ahead and build something from the ground up really laid the foundation for the entrepreneurial journeys that I'm on today in the professional world. So, uh, so there's a little teaser as we get going. Uh, you know, you'll learn more about me. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's me from a 30,000-foot view. Very, very nice. Take me through what you're currently working on now. Yeah, so I'm on a I'm on a venture right now um, that's called Munch Money, and we're a we're an alternative cash management solution. Um, so we have the ability to distribute funds out to fully controlled virtual and physical cards, um, whether that is uh, by geofencing and or merchant categories. So um, so a lot of fun application, and uh, you know we cross paths because. Um, you know, we, we saw a real opportunity in the market to go in and modernize the way that per diems were being distributed from universities out to their athletes as they were traveling. Um, so, so that's where, you know, that's where we were running our beta program. And, um, and, you know, we've since pivoted with coronavirus, but I think we'll get to that later in the conversation. So uh, that's a, yeah, that munch money is what we're working on and uh, having a lot of fun and success doing it. Munch money. Sounds amazing. Yep. Um, starting any venture is tough. What are, what are some of the, the early challenges that you faced and how have you overcome them? Yeah. So, uh, so I think something, you know, that, that I want to touch on for the listeners is, you know, a little deeper, deeper view into my life and how I landed at this startup and the way we structured our life to be successful, because we, we both know, you know, trying to pay the bills while running a bootstrap organization is really difficult. And you always feel like you're in this reactive state instead of like, you know, proactive. And so, um, and so last June, um, I was working for a company. Um, my girlfriend was as well. And we looked at each other and we were trading time for money. And 
we were on paper really successful, but we just didn't feel fulfilled inside. And so, um, you know, in a few weeks, we, we got out of our lease, we sold everything, we bought an 11 foot travel trailer and, and went on a venture across the United States. We did 20,000 miles for five months. Uh, we turned off our cell phones and, and just, we were present. We were where our feet were, um, enjoying life, experiencing things. And, and, you know, on our journey, you know, we were like, how, how do you stay and keep yourself in this proactive mindset instead of being sucked back into the vortex of bills and everything that we're supposed to do? Um, I only tell this story because we, we met up with some traveling nurses and structured our life in a way to be the most advantageous so that I could take on this bootstrap venture without a ton of stress. So we're currently residents in South Dakota. We currently own a 30-foot travel trailer that we live in full-time pre-coronavirus. And we've got our overhead to, you know, under $1,000 in bills a month. And, uh, and, so, and so that really let me be fully focused on growing the business. Um, and, and all my responsibilities are in check. So now, um, so now I can pour everything into it and, and really give it a, a full shot. And I think um, a lot of entrepreneurs are tasked or, with this idea of trying to balance what life gives them and trying to scale a business. Um, so fortunate for us, we're in a great spot. I've uh, been able to just pour all my energy and time into developing the sales part of, of this company. And uh, despite the pandemic, we're having a lot of fun conversations and, and making some real impacts. So long-winded answer, but hopefully I got there for it. Now. Love it. How, how do you see yourselves um, get, getting through the pandemic and also beyond the pandemic, like how do you guys evolve and really, really, really take off? Yeah. So to, to address the first part of the question, um, you know, we are pivot, right? I think that's become a really buzzword over the, the last three months with COVID. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when the collegiate market dried up, we knew we had a solution that could serve other markets. Uh, we knew we could serve the underbanked through the nonprofit channel. We knew we could come in and, um, and help businesses modernize the way they were doing employee perks. Um, but through networking, and I told you this is one of my favorite sayings, networking is one letter away from not working. And so, you know, just through having conversations and keeping an open mind, we landed in a, an arena that we didn't even really know existed. And so, you know, financial literacy um, is on the up and coming of teaching everybody from youth all the way up, you know, up and through college and, and adults, how to do basic things with their money, how to do basic actions to one, gain more understanding and two, take control of it. And so um, these financial literacy organizations are starting to celebrate our technology and platform to implement everything that they're teaching in a controlled environment. So um, just keeping our head on a swivel is, is probably, there's opportunities out there. You just have to get scrappy and go find them. Um, to answer the second part of the question, contactless payments. Um, you know, we, we developed our virtual card solution and, um, and, and that's how, you know, where we see everything going in the future. Um, you know, we know there's a ton of germs that live in and on our wallets and our debit cards. And so, you know, as we're able to continue to streamline that, 
uh, process, that's where we think that um, we can take it to the next level um, and, and, and sort of meet Corona and, and say, hey, we have a solution for it. So that, that's sort of how we're, we're handling that. Um, the, the industry that you guys are playing in, so we say we've got, uh, I mean, payments, yeah? Would you regard as a payments, sort of payments solution? More of a, a cash management solution. Okay. Um, yep. How, how, how have you seen this industry evolve? over time i mean i'm sure you've yeah. gone back and seen how things have changed and then you guys so, are now a part of that solution to change yeah and and so um so a couple couple things on that you know i think uh the the industry that we're going into was really bogged down by manual process and cash transactions um the alternatives to that were um, were payment solutions with no controls on them, right? So we were trying to find the balance between those two, and so so I think that um, the industry has really evolved. And in order to go ahead and and really drive that change, we believe transparency is key, right? With transparency, you're able to hold people and companies accountable for their actions and so and so with that concept that's where you know munch money was created where it was like we can not only evolve the technology and the distribution of the funds but now we're able to go ahead and hold people accountable um, in a streamlined fashion and so and so we're taking the same mechanism um, and just providing a better facilitator for it well that nice. makes sense it does does very nice you you have a bit of a career before before you start up sorry yep. before your startup you worked for um stack sports and and a few others take us through that journey there i mean you've gone from working in organizations to working in startups i mean they're two very different journeys break, yeah. break that down for us yeah and so so when I got my career started, I was at Enterprise. I, you know, I went through the sales management training program there and, um, you know, was there for a couple of years. And, and there's definitely benefits to being a part of a large organization, um, but it's all trade-offs. And, um, and, and, you know, when I, the way I found my, or weaved my way into Stack Sports was actually via an acquisition of a startup. And so we were coming in and disrupting and modernizing the way that recruiting was being done. Um, you know, it was a very manual process at that point. It was with an organization called Captain U. And so what we did is we took the same concept of LinkedIn for business folks and translated that into the sports world, right? So you had online profiles, coaches could search by criteria, et cetera. Um, that was probably one of the hardest pills to swallow was going from that startup mentality, that startup environment um, into a stack sports where, you know, they had acquired 18 companies over 19 months. Wow. And so they, they crammed a, an organization together. So um, I, I learned the absolute most from the year and a half that I was part of that um, because it's, it's a lot of great, power, uh, brain power. It's a lot of great organizations, but without leadership and without a, a vision, 
um, it's really hard to go ahead and make all those meld. So, so again, I think there's pros and cons to, to a bootstrap organization versus a large organization. Um, you know, but it's the one thing that is consistent is regardless of everything, there has to be a process, there has to be goals. And I think what we're laying on the foundation of Munch Money is that everybody has a voice and an opinion and you never know where the next million dollar idea is coming from. And so as our organization comes it's, or, and grows, it's still going to be making sure that even if you're the intern, you get a voice at the table because you never know, you know, that was my biggest frustration. I was like, hey, I'm bringing good things here to this larger organization, but I'm getting muted out. Um, and so trying to find that balance there um, is one of the things that, uh, that we try to achieve as we scale our Munch Money ventures and, and future endeavors. Wise words, very wise words. What's, I mean, many people like to get into the world of sports tech and they look for careers in sports in general because, you know, sports is really, really attractive, right? Everybody wants to be part of sport, so on, so on. The yep. issue is they don't know how to. Um, so you've lived both worlds. You've worked for the sports tech companies. You're involved in a sports tech startup. What's the three pieces of advice that you can give somebody? Should they go through the route of working for someone, then going through into, into their own startup? Should they go straight through if they have the idea, the concept, so on, so on, so on? What, yeah. what, what do you have to say to them? So I think, uh, I think the first piece that I would say is uh, ask. You don't know anything until you just start asking questions. And so I think uh, if, it, if you truly want something, you have to make yourself a little bit vulnerable um, and you have to go in with two ears and one mouth and go find people that are in that space that are doing what you aspire to do um, and, and ask for help, ask for mentorship, ask for advice um, and, and I would say really vet it out and make sure this is where you want to live before you just go send it because it, it sounds good but it comes with its own dose of challenges um, you know from being on both sides of the fence so that's my first one um, my second piece of advice would be figure out where in the sports world you want to live um, and there's a lot of different ways where you can make an impact in the sports tech, whether that's um, at the youth level, the collegiate level, the professional level, whether that's front office ticket sales, um, unique filming technologies or recruiting platforms, or the licensing side of the fence. Um, there's a ton of different areas where, um, you know, skill sets can be utilized in the sports world don't just go and say, I, I want to be in the sports tech space, narrow it down to your skill sets and what makes you happy. And then I think you can meld those two into finding, you know, your perfect fit. Um, and then the last one is just do it. <laughs> you know, I wrote a post yesterday on LinkedIn and, and it was crazy. I heard the backstory of how Nike's branding. I don't know if you know it, but um, it was actually based off of a serial killer. And, uh, and, and this was something that I live by. The, the best piece of advice I got before I went on my trip was just send it, just go, just go do it. And so, you know, if you do, if you do analyze it too much or um, you get in your own head, you'll, you'll never do anything. So I would say just, uh, just go have that first conversation, networking, one letter away from not working. And before you know it, you'll find yourself organically drumming up 
opportunities that you didn't even know were out there. Well, there you go. And I quite often, I quite often hear older people say, you don't want to be sitting on the edge of that bed at seven years old and thinking, I wish, I wish, I wish. Uh, when you're young, it's a time that we can go and, and do these things. So as the wise man has just said, just do it. Um, Mr. Scott, firstly, I want to thank you very, very much. Your, your insight and journey have been amazing. Um, unfortunately, we have to wrap things up. Before we let you go, where can people get in touch with you online? And ladies and gentlemen, this guy is a networking master. He connects with absolutely everyone, somebody, somewhere, everywhere. Um, yeah, so, so my primary channel is, uh, is LinkedIn. Um, you know, I have Facebook, Instagram, um, but, you know, just Scott Garber at LinkedIn. You'll, you'll, see, um, you know, you'll see this podcast featured there um, along with some of the other work that I've done. And, uh, and, and I welcome all conversations. Um, you know, I think perspective is key. So, uh, so you can find me online at, at just Scott, you know, LinkedIn backslash Scott Garber. And, um, and then I'll drop the rest of my contact info in the follow-up note with you personal email um, and, and welcome any conversations that, uh, that may follow this. Absolutely. And I'll put the link in the, in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Garber, Mr. Munch money himself. Once again, thank you very much for joining me on the sports finder podcast. Cheers, mate. Thank you for listening to the sports finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?